0: audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year fall guy fall guy, fall guy. That's what the poster said. see ryan gosling and emily blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy trying to make it out because nope. i don't either it's not what i'm into right now what are you into talking yeah okay. yes. <laughs> the fall guy only in theaters may 3rd read at pg-13 this is mike maniscalco and you're listening to the tracking the storm podcast
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Maniscalco, and welcome back to all of you. My name is Brandon. That's my buddy, my trusty sidekick in this podcasting world, Matthew Soma. Happy New Year's, buddy. It's uh... Yeah, happy
0: New Year. We're recording this on uh, New Year's Eve. This podcast is probably going out New Year's Day. I'm excited for 2023, man, for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, just some big things happening. Not only for this podcast, but for us. And, you know, I'm just excited to to get things going.
1: Yeah, man. And for the Canes, we got an outdoor game coming out. Max Pacioretty's return is like probably I mean, counting down the days at this point. I'd say within the next week or two, I think we're going to see Max Pacioretty on the ice in a game in a Carolina Hurricanes jersey. Um, So we're going to get into all that stuff. We're going to talk about this phenomenal 10-game winning streak the Carolina Hurricanes are on. They are playing some absolutely fantastic hockey right now. So, again, by the time you guys are hearing this, do they play on New Year's Day? I can't remember.
0: They do. I forget who they play. Uh, let me check real quick. Preparation,
1: we... baby. We all about that preparation. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we actually, yeah, we play the Devils at three tomorrow. So uh, that will definitely coincide
1: with the Winter Classic. Uh love that. That's a shame, but we are coming yeah. off of last night. The hurricanes put a beat down on the Florida Panthers by a score of four to nothing. One of the most complete efforts of the season. I'd say every single phase of the game, the power play scored three and a half goals because the, the fourth just came just after the uh, fifth power play of the game expired, I believe fifth or sixth. Yep. Uh, the penalty kill was stellar. They were tested a lot, but they were really, really good. Auntie Ranta. I made a comment before the game. I was like, all right, why is Piotr still not back? I expected him back for this game. I know Ronta was coming off a shutout, but like, I, I don't know. It, it, it just made me a little nervous that he's not still back. But I think they just, Rod is showing his trust in Ronta and making sure Piotr's back to 100%. I still don't love that it's taken him this far. Like, I feel like he would have played had he been 100%. That's what makes me nervous. That was the point of that tweet. But Auntie Ronta got another shutout. So, yeah, can't really say much about that. Offense finishing. Power play, puck movement, player movement. I mean, all of it was there from both units. I mean, usually I can find a hole to poke somewhere. <laughs> you know me, Matt. Yesterday. <laughs> I, I do know you. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, there is absolutely nothing I can complain about.
0: I mean, here's the thing, though. Can you complain about anything on a 10 game win streak?
1: Yeah, that's that's very fair. That's very fair. Um, Yeah. No, because
0: <laughs> like the hurricanes are just playing incredible hockey right now uh you saw like i i want to say the florida game might have been their best effort of the season
1: yeah it might have been
0: <clears throat> the reason i say that is you take 3 penalties in the first period which is which is bad but you don't allow a single shot on any of those penalties
1: ridiculous it's ridiculous well, the, the power play with matt Kachuk. Alexander Barkov like there's Carter Verhage is a good player like they have a lot of talent on that unit they couldn't even get a shot and yeah the Florida
0: Panthers are missing Anthony DeClaire who's a goal scoring weapon but even then man like this Hurricanes team is just too good right now and you get a big power play goal I mean I for a second there I really thought Ajo buried that chance uh, he just rings it right off the post but the, the thing that I love about the power play right now is Stefan Nason is great around the net he's probably one of the better net front presences we've had on the power play that i can remember and again he's just good at getting to the front of the net and getting goals from right around the crease right that's what you need from from the power play right now and that's not something you were getting on a consistent basis this year uh Obviously, you know, you won't be scoring three power play goals in a night, but man, I mean, that is just a really good showing from the Hurricanes power play.
1: Yeah. And I mean, back to back shout for Ronta. The Chicago game, I don't think was quite as crisp, but they got it done. They were carried by the stall line and Auntie Ronta was fantastic. Uh, the Philly game before that, dominant. And then at the end, I think right before the Christmas break, they were kind of let off the gas after they got up six to two and made it a game they shouldn't have. But I think we can forgive that given the circumstances around it. Before that, you win in Pittsburgh. Before that, you beat the New Jersey Devils to take first place. Like this win streak has been chock full. They beat Pittsburgh twice, as a matter of fact. Dallas, before that, good team. Seattle, meh. I mean, just chock full of good teams. And the Hurricanes are just dominating. They're getting, they finally kind of, gotten back to the identity we've come to know them for, right? This forechecking, suffocating defense, and then really good goaltending behind that, which I feel like Ronta, obviously he hasn't been tested a ton, but this has kind of been the Hurricanes' MO And that sometimes when they do give up chances, they tend to actually be pretty good chances because of their aggressive style. And you can't really say enough about the job Antti Ronta's done to backstop them when those chances have come up. Yeah, the
0: the... The only game I think that I can really complain about on this win streak is the Philly game. And, yeah. and really the only thing I can complain about with regards to that is they almost blew a, lead, like a really big lead. It was 6-2. to two. right? Uh, but again, Ronta was, made some big stops when he needed to. It wasn't his best start ever, but he made those big stops at the end of the game. Canes won. That's what I need you know as long as he makes the big stops when when you know the occasion arises, that's good um I am loving the team's depth right now. the depth scoring is really good you're getting contributions from everybody in the lineup. Brent burns has been on an absolute heater lately uh
1: both ends too
0: yeah he he's been I mean this is the player that we we knew we were going to get, right? Like when Burns first started, I think we all expected him to be elite right away, us included, right? I think that uh, it takes players a little while to get adjusted to the system. Burns has been playing with the Sharks for a long time. They play a very different style to, uh, to the Hurricanes. So, you know, giving him time to get to, you know, the uh pace of play with as the hurricanes play, or the pace of play that the hurricanes play the style of play the aggressive you know forecheck all that stuff it burns is now fully adjusted to that and he's got four points in his last four games you know he's currently on pace for 59 points which is again a really solid season from him and he still hasn't you know scored as much as probably we'd be we'd be hoping for at this point so there's still i think another level for brent burns to get right now he's on pace to beat his totals from last season which was
1: 54 points so another layer to that i think we talked about this in the dms a little bit i just there was a couple times i just kind of pointed out that i didn't think slavin was really firing on cylinder all cylinders and again i i have high standards for him right but there seemed to be more turnovers and just little mistakes that we're really not accustomed to seeing from him early in the year. And I think Burns improved play coincides with Slavin taking a gigantic step forward because lately 74 has been playing out of his freaking mind. I mean, just the Jacob Slavin we've come to know and love the cornerstone of the hurricanes defense has been absolutely dominant in the defensive end, making ridiculous play after ridiculous play. I pointed out one little play, there was a hard rim last night um, that was up on the boards in the air. And like, he so nonchalantly knocks the puck down, clears it. Like it just little plays like that are so understated, but so valuable. And so many stick checks he had last night. I, I can't remember who it was. I think it might've been Kachuk or like one of Florida's better players was cutting in on him last night. And He just, he just kind of throws his stick out there and knocks it away. goes around and takes the puck and goes the other way. <laughs> it's just like the dude is a freaking wizard.
0: Well, he made a hell of a play last night. Uh, I'm trying to think of... I can't think of the exact rush that he uh, denied. But he's coming from behind the player, just reaches over them and pulls the puck away from them. And all of a sudden, the Canes start a rush the other way. Just a beautiful play defensively to allow for his team to continue basically shutting down that Florida Panthers team it was I mean you know you expect these sort of things from Jacob Slavin but when it happens you're still you you still have that amazement of like oh my god how did he actually stop that you know
1: yeah I mean we could really go down the list and talk about pretty much every single player on that roster right now I mean Stefan Nason's been fantastic yes Barry Kokanemi a guy that we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit he looked Awesome last night. I mean, yes, he did. He was flying, he was getting in on the four check, he was making plays happen. He was holding on to the puck in the corner. He walked a guy and set Step on up for a great A last night. That I was like, holy crap! Like, he, I think he went between his freaking legs or something, walks around him and then hits Step on in the crease for what could have been his third point of the night. I mean, or not in the crease, been the slot, but. <clears throat> If you're getting that from yes, Coat Konami on a consistent basis, and I think they kind of have been lately, maybe not so much the offensive flashiness that we saw last night with a goal and an assist, rocket of a shot on the goal. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need all that, but if he just continues to be what he even has been the last couple of weeks, which is a simplified north-south hockey player who gets gets in on the forecheck Again, like I said, he's been physical. And he's been making all the right little plays. Like, the depth of this team is just absurd right now. I mean, the, all, obviously we've talked a ton about that stall. Martinuk unit, Sebastian Ajo looked a lot better last night. That was like the most Ajo-esque I think he's been since he's got returned from his little injury. Um, Tara Vinen played well. I mean, you can go down the list. Like I said a minute ago, every single player on this team is contributing. And when you have that, with the amount of skill, the system that the Hurricanes have, like if this team gets hot like this in April, May, they're going to be a serious problem. And I think very, very... Much in the conversation for winning another Stanley Cup. It's a big if. We got to see if this they can carry it over. Then if they're healthy and all that good stuff. If Max Pacioretty comes back and what he looks like. But gotta love the way they're playing right now. Obviously, Natchez and Sveshnikov have done what we'd hoped and continued their hot starts. We're like, oh, we're approaching halfway through the season at this point, and they really haven't fallen off too much. Um, I mean, again, no notes. I mean, I guess it was a lot of notes, but you get it.
0: No notes. It gives a ton of notes. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. A lot of people had complaints about the broadcast last night because it was an ESPN broadcast. I do not enjoy John Buchagross, but the constant marking out for college hockey rather than focusing on the game. Like I swear to God, he mentioned Skylar Brindamore seven times really last did. night. And he He's mentioned so Rod Brindamore maybe once.
1: So excited for his goal for Point Pack last night. Good for yeah, him.
0: Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, college hockey is really fun. And yes, more people should pay attention to it, but focus on the goddamn game, dude.
1: <laughs> uh I don't
0: I don't agree with the sentiment that it was a Florida Panthers broadcast. I actually thought it was pretty even.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't which is thought. which
0: is rare for any Espn broadcast. But the point I'm trying to make is PK Subban and Dominic Moore are excellent on the broadcast dominic moore is great between the benches yeah and pk suban as the intermission host is hilarious he's great he's he really has good. a ton of great questions but he's also a really good personality he just you needs to do color man have him in the booth have him in the booth yeah i mean the more pk suvan is on our tvs i think the better it is for hockey yeah and you know certain folks are probably going to disagree with that and i just think like you know for, for As dry of a league that the NHL is personality-wise, like you would think like we'd want to see more personality on the broadcast, right? Yeah. So I think that, you know, having a personality like PK, like as soon as PK retired and it was announced that he was going to ESPN, I was like, oh my God, like, yes. It's disappointing that he's not playing anymore, but thank God he's still going to be like a media personality here because. I love the guy. I've loved PK his whole career.
1: I can't argue with any of that. I, I would like to see him on color a lot, like I said. Um, and also, can we just shout out Walt Roth real quick? <laughs> like, honestly, I, we I talked to him in the DMs a little bit yesterday anyway. But, like, I, I just, w- while we're talking media personalities, guys, his job is hard. <laughs> Walt does a great job, dude. Like, I don't know. It just annoys me. He just popped up on my timeline again, so that's why I was saying that.
0: Yeah, so so with that whole discourse, I don't want to comment on it too much. Uh just because like I do know some of the people involved, not personally, but like through Twitter. And you know all I want to say is Walt has probably one of the hardest jobs on the team, like media wise, like that side of things, like the the job that he has is to report on the team and basically to field questions from the fans. And he just gets a lot of unfiltered opinions from this fan base. All do you know? Day I think it's
1: exhausting. Like, to that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like constantly be prodded and say, Hey, you need to ask this, you need to do this. Like, let the man do his damn job. Well, and 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 it's
0: not even that cuz like there are some people who who just like like with this fan base, they're so reactionary. They overreact to every single thing and they're like, constantly negative. So imagine dealing with that all day long and that's your job. You don't you you can't mute these these people, right? You can't like ignore them. It is your job to report on the team. I can understand if Walt gets tired of hearing all the time, you know, what's the deal with Piotr? Oh, why is Ronta going in? Whatever. I can understand if he can get, have like a witty or maybe snappy response. It's not being condescending. He's not being an asshole because the fans are being assholes to him. Yeah. You have to realize this shit goes both ways. And a lot of people... Are like, oh, well, it's entirely Walt's fault. Like, stop looking for reasons to be mad about this
1: team. They are 24, 6, and 6. It's gonna be Bro, okay. This Ronta's nine, two, uh, and two, by the way. <laughs> this shit pisses me off. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> um, we got a couple more things we're gonna look at. I, I do want to bring up a little bit more about Patriaretti and uh where you think he may fit into the lineup. Uh, We'll probably at least check in on the World Juniors just a little bit. And then we're going to give our New Year's resolutions for the Carolina Hurricanes. Not going to be quite as lengthy as our Christmas gifts for the Carolina Hurricanes just a week ago, I think. But um, we are going to do that. But first, Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take just a quick minute and get a word from our friends over at DraftKings. Hockey fans, don't miss your chance to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details. And we're back. And and we're back. All right. So again, I, I mentioned this a few minutes ago, Max Pacioretty is the clock is getting, the time is nigh getting very nigh. Um, that's near right or does that mean now i don't know i don't know i don't speak old english but uh time is up my time is now okay whatever but anyway you can't see me my time is now (laughs) um i think it's going to present some very difficult decisions for rod brendamore because who do you i mean the easy answer out of the top six that you would drop down is paul stasny right Paul yeah, he, he's, he's the better. one that
0: could probably slide down and fit on any line. <clears throat> I think the person you take
1: out of the lineup is Stefan I think that's true, yeah. Because Stefan Nason, who I originally, you know, back when the season started, I was like, well, it's good that he – I'm glad he's getting a shot. The guy was so awesome in the AHL last year, but I don't think he's going to stick. I don't think he has the speed, blah, blah, blah. Telling on myself a little bit here. No shot you're taking that guy out of the lineup the way that he's played. Um, Nathan's been one of the unsung heroes for this team right alongside, you know, Martin Nook and, um, well, you could go down the list again. I'm not going to start that, but I, I really, really, really was intrigued the other day when I saw Pacioretty was taking line rushes with, or taking practice reps with, uh, Martin Natchez down the middle and Andre Vashnikov, cause that's something I, you know, Natchez in the past has stated his desire. He wants to get a shot at center. He said it for a long time, the way he's played this year. I know some of us were kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know if you want to take him off where he's been having so much success, but on the flip side, I think he could do just as well playing down the middle. Like his speed is such a factor. He's so involved in the play anyway, and engaged his defensive games, taking a step forward. I think that chance that line has a chance to be absolutely dominant. Obviously the way Natius and Svechnikov are both working as playmakers this year, Patrick going to get a ton of chances if he's in that role, um, and, and I think I just think Natchez has matured to the point, especially physically. He's gotten a lot stronger. He's not getting knocked off the puck like he has in the past. He's going into the corners and not getting crushed like he has many times in his first couple of years in the league. I think that's going to work, and I really, really hope we get a chance to see it. Um, now, the question is if Pacioretty immediately gets thrown into the top six the way they're playing, that's a whole other question entirely, I feel like. But I just think it's going to be really interesting to see exactly how they handle it. I don't even think Stepan's played poorly despite his – like he's not scoring a ton, but he's come up with some big goals at the same time, especially on this win streak. So no matter how you shake it, there's going to be a really good player taken out of the lineup. Jack Drury was playing really well. He got sent down to Chicago already. So the depth of this team is pretty damn impressive.
0: Yeah, and I mean it just goes to show you that like, you know, As constructed, this is one of the deepest teams in the league. And the issue, like a lot of people in hockey media love to say that the Canes don't have like a true legitimate star player. And they don't have a guy that's at the level of like a Matthews or like a McDavid, obviously. And McDavid was outstanding last night in the uh, Oilers game. How many teams really do though? Very few have, like, a legitimate, like, A-plus, 100-plus point player, you know? And you could be like, well, you know, Edmonton has two. And I'm like, yeah, but how many points would Drysaddle have if McDavid was not on his team? He'd still have a lot, but.
1: I think he'd still be around 95 at least. Yeah. Close I... I don't know. We'll see. That's, he'd, that's, probably, that's, he'd
0: probably be close to a point per game, but not at the level that he plays at consistently because McDavid is just that damn good at getting him the puck. You're probably right. I just think the Hurricanes have <clears throat> Aho, who is a star player in this league. Sveshnikov, who is becoming a star player in this league. Same for Natchez. Natchez is close. I'd still rank him as like a B to B plus player until he like if he continues playing at this clip then i'm gonna consider you know bumping him up but like for now you know again that's what i'm looking at uh you've
1: also got tara who like it's not like quite the same way but his impact is like star level impact to me just because of how good he is on the penalty kill do you know how much better the the hurricane's penalty kill has been since he's come back not oh my god night and day absolutely and that's i i promise you that is not a coincidence. You throw him in that. His defensive game in general is fantastic. The points are going to come with him. I, th- I think he's starting to heat up in that area already anyway. Um, so, again, he's he's not your prototypical star player, but his impact goes well, well beyond the by score. He's a lot like Jordan. Well, he's not a lot like Jordan Stahl, but, like, in that vein, he's like Jordan Stahl. Jordan, nobody's going to consider Jordan Stahl a star anymore, right? But I'd argue his impact is – higher than a lot of players that are putting up a lot more points than he is.
0: Yeah, Terra Vinan's defensive impact honestly goes just as far as his offensive impact, if not further, because of how good he is on the penalty kill. Right. Um offensively, Teravinan's having a bit of a tough year. It was great to see him score another goal last night. Um and he was getting
1: chances. Like he was
0: great. <clears throat> I think I think the points are going to start coming again for him because like Jarvis has been playing a lot better lately.
1: Uh, Aho's back. He's getting into a rhythm.
0: Yeah, I th- I think eventually you're going to start seeing it. And, and I mean, man, talk about scoring depth again on this team. How great is it to see KK getting on the score sheet after he's been really good lately?
1: Yeah, I, I went off about that earlier. <laughs> I know,
0: I'm just saying, like, you know, the, the depth scoring on this team, Pacioretty's only going to make this team better, obviously. And, like, I do think, you know, just... Kind of bringing it back there like even though stepan has to come out of the lineup more than likely you know there's also the thing to consider of like crap you know Andre Kasha could come back too yep. you know so where do you where does he factor in that's a whole other
1: issue you know and I think he should like I he only played one game but Kasha's really good I don't know if like people realize how good he is because he's hurt so much but every time he's on the ice, He's a good offensive player. He's a good finisher and he's pretty good defensively. He kills penalties. Like he's a very versatile player, which I think is why the Hurricanes targeted him despite his injury concerns. Um, So I think he's another guy that if he comes back, he's probably going to bump somebody else from the lineup. And who the hell do you do then? I mean, (laughs) Stasny, maybe. I don't, I don't know.
0: Stasny a possibility. I think, you know, out he's been
1: playing the, better lately too. Like he,
0: he has, has been, but out of the players on this lineup, he's the player like consistently that I'm the least impressed with on a night in, night out basis. I thought he was pretty he good
1: is, last night, which like the whole team was. I thought he made a couple of savvy little veteran plays with some takeaways and stuff, but
0: oh yeah, he did. I feel like his offense
1: is like near zero with this team right now.
0: Yeah, I think he's at, like, seven points with this team right now. Maybe he got up to eight with an assist last night. So, yeah, no, he has nine points right now, which is currently a 21-point pace. That's, like, a fourth-line player at the NHL level. Anything and that
1: getting not, <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's not a player that I'm, keep, that I'm feeling bad if he comes out of the lineup. Like, I know points are in everything but he's not good enough in his own end to make me be like wow this is a player that we have to keep in like nason for example i just i talked about earlier his net front on the power play that's a reason to keep him in the lineup even though he may not contribute all that much and even strength at the very least he's helping you score goals on the power play
1: I will say, I wish he would stop turning it over on the power play. (laughs) He did have a couple, like, I feel like he does this, like, every game. He has at least one, like, kind of bad turnover on the power play. It's like, okay, you need to stop popping out and getting passes. Just park your ass in front of the net, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, again, he's not the best with the puck. (laughs) Right, like, he was in the AHL, like, floating between... The NHL and AHL for a while because again he's not the best with the puck he's not the best at even strength but he's found a really nice role.
1: But again, yeah, it's a testament to Brendamore in my opinion because like he's found a role that really accentuates his strengths. He's a fourth line player, really, but Rod's got him on the first power play unit, and I know a lot of people were like, "What the hell?" when that originally happened. A lot of people complained about it, and, and they then were- they found out why exactly.
0: And I think, you know, the same can be said for somebody like Martinuk. Martinook has found, like, honestly, I'm going to say this, the perfect role for him on this team.
1: Yeah. The only qualm I have with that is, like, that's something that some of us and me, for sure, have been saying for a while. It's like, I don't understand why you wouldn't put him with Jordan Stahl, because they play the same style. Like, those could be yeah. helpful to match up against. So I would, I I just think the trigger should have been pulled on that sooner, but again, that's a nitpicky thing to say. So I'm just, I'm glad they did because it is, it's perfect, man. Like those two, I, I've said this before. They just, them and Foss, Foss has been playing great lately too. Awesome on the win streak, finally getting some goals to fall after he had a million chances early in the year. He couldn't finish open nets and whatnot, um, but they're just so physically imposing That their matchup, which is often, you know, especially at home, an opponent's top line, they just get worn down and worn to hell over 60 minutes. And by the end of it, they're dog tired.
0: And the the perfect example is last night, you know, like they got matched up against the Barkov line. Barkov had some chances. Barkov had, what, five
1: points the night before, by the way?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And... Yeah, I know it was a bit of a tired Florida team, but the Hurricanes just dominated that game defensively and offensively.
1: One last note on that. I actually started to quote tweet this last night, but Adam Gold mentioned, he was like, I don't even feel like the Panthers are playing that poorly. It's just the Hurricanes are um, executing at such a high level that it's like, there's nothing for them to do. And yeah, they were on a back-to-back and they are probably a little tired. And I know by about midway through the third period, they had pretty much given up. But again, is that they're down big and they're giving up or is that, that they're so damn tired having to chase around such a relentless attacking team that they just don't have anything left to give. So I don't know. I, I just, again, when the hurricanes play like they are lately, I don't know if there's a team in the league that'll stop them.
0: Yeah. Um, There's a big uh, test for the Hurricanes coming up. Obviously, we've got the Devils tomorrow, New Year's Day, then the Rangers on Tuesday. Um, This is actually a kind of tough three-game stretch. You've got the the Devils, the Rangers, and the Predators um, this week. And then uh, you've got the Blue Jackets, and then in between two games against the Blue Jackets, you play the Devils again. It's just a, a, a tough stretch for the Hurricanes but it's going to be one that uh, you know can help set this team even further apart from the rest of the Metropolitan
1: yeah if they can t- get like three out of four points from the Devils or something like that it's going to be going to put some distance between them I think well no because that was the Devils would getting two of them so that's only a one point add well if, still I, mean, I still it's, think it's they match separation. up they match up well enough with the Devils that I think there's not like there's a legitimate chance they win both of those games so if they do that, then Metro is going to kind of start to look like the Canes is already. Yeah. All right, Matt, let's uh let's go on. Let's talk some world juniors real quick. Just give a little bit of an update. I honestly have been so busy the last couple of days that I've kind of fallen off. So this is again going to be a a falling off with keeping up. But uh, this is going to be a little bit of a you segment. I love the way Nikita Kwap has played. Dude has been one of the stories of the entire tournament probably so far um might be the goalie of the tourney if things continue the way they have um and jackson blake despite i don't know if he's gotten a ton of points i think he has at least one assist but i feel like he's playing really really well um making creating a lot of offense and showing why despite being like the only what the only guy in the top six for the usa that wasn't drafted in the top round or two showing he belongs at that level um Still want to see more from Koivinen and Haimasalmi than what I've seen so far, but you know it's a short tournament. You should never read too much into this, anyway. Uh, even though the Koivinen part, especially to me specifically, is a little disappointing. But what have you seen, my friend? Yeah, I'm going to
0: start with the disappointing players first, and I, I'm I'm saying disappointing in, in the sense of the entire Finnish team has been a disappointment, and it's because. They it's been a crazy world
1: juniors. juniors. It's like, it's such a crazy world juniors. Like this is like not really what anybody expected so far.
0: There, it's I said this the other day. It's by far the most entertaining world juniors I've ever seen because of the fact that other than Austria, there's like seven competitive teams or ten or whatever. I don't remember how many are in the world. Uh, ten there are ten in the world juniors. So like you've got. T- Nine competitive teams right now. It's awesome to see. Yeah. Like, you've got... I I will say, like, Germany is definitely not the best team. Uh, And honestly, like, if they played Latvia in relegation, I think the Latvians would win, even though Nikita Kwa has been playing really well. I'll get to that in a bit. But, like, there's just so many good teams. Like, the Latvians... How many Latvian players are there in the NHL right now that you can name off the top of your head, right? Archer Zerbe. Right now, Brandon. <laughs> um, but right now, this Latvian team is playing well and actually kind of... Not... I guess Gergensen's is Latvian, isn't he? Yes, you're right. Ah! Okay, so there's at least one. <laughs> but the thing is, how many other, you know players from Latvia have there been, but this team is actually really troublesome this year. Like, yeah. yes, they're in the relegation round, but they at least made things difficult for the good teams in their division. That's that's a big deal for the country of Latvia to be competitive against a team like the United States, you know? Um, I think that... The Finns right now just have not had a good tournament. They've been very disappointing, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that their center depth is abysmal. Uh, They have no centers. Um, Koivinen can play center, uh, allegedly, but every time I've seen him play, he's been on the wing. And I think he's more suited for the wing because of how smart he is and just how good he is at getting the puck to the high danger areas three games this uh world juniors he only has one assist it was actually a really nice behind the back pass to the dead slot uh for Joachim Kamel and he's not going to miss from there um other than that he's making a few really nice plays but there are a lot of shifts where Koivinen will just be invisible um I can say the same for Hima Salmi too He struggled um against bigger uh opponents not surprisingly because I think he's like 5'10 He's shown a few good defensive moments, really good plays with the puck on his stick. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that he doesn't have any points yet. Um, He did have seven at the last world juniors. And um, I think this is partially due to the fact that for whatever reason, he's just not getting power play time. And he should, because he's one of Finland's best puck distributors and they're just not giving him the puck. Um, Finland's coaching has been really weird in years past and I think this is another year where I just don't really understand it because Hima Salmi's the top player on the team, he's the top defenseman and they're not using him at all. Um so that's a bit tough. I will say that Himasalmi um has made a few really bad plays um in his own end that have resulted in goals against. Uh so it's pretty clear that he's going to need a little bit more time. I actually wouldn't even hate if he burned a year of his ELC to stay in Finland for another year. Um, let's see. Next is Jackson Blake. Another player like Koivinen, I think I'm going to l- lump him in the same group where he has one point so far. No, he actually has two assists. Uh, just kidding. I don't. Re- oh, that's right. He was credited with another assist uh, off of a turnover. Blake has played pretty well. Uh, Definitely not at a level that I thought he would be for the top six, but USA as a whole has also been very disappointing in this tournament. Um, Blake is just so much fun with the puck. I think sometimes he's gotten a little too selfish with it and has tried to do everything on his own, as opposed to just dishing the puck, maybe even back to the point for to like sort of spread the defense out a little bit. But you see his vision, his hockey sense on full display, and he's going to take a little while to season in college, but man, he is a player that just is so much fun to watch right now. And then finally, we've got Nikita Kwap, who is currently down two nothing to Chechia in the uh, last game of the preliminary round. Uh, currently, as I'm talking about this, we're in the first intermission. Um <clears throat> So he he had a loss against Sweden. However, it was a one to nothing loss. He gets 44 shots against. Just an outstanding effort from him. Stops a penalty shot, has a bunch of saves on the penalty kill. Just a phenomenal performance from him. Truly just special. And you know, I I said this after the game. I was like, you know, this was one of those games where I realized like, okay, this is what the Hurricanes saw in him because every other viewing I've had of Quap has been kind of disappointing. He, he He makes a handful of plays or saves where I'm like, okay. And I could see that, you know, he's very smart, but man, like he used to get rattled so easily. And even in August at those world juniors, it was just every single time he let in a goal, another two or three would follow. And that's not the case at these World Juniors. He's confident. He's dialed in. He had a really good game against Austria to get the Germans to um, the quarterfinals as opposed to relegation. And yeah, he's been he's been everything you need. And this German team is not good. They have one other drafted player in Julian Lutz, who's a very good player, but the rest of that team sucks. I'm, I'm going to be honest. This German team is bad. And quap has given them a chance in currently all three of the games he has uh, he's playing. And um, right now he has faced, it's really funny to say he faced um, 17 shots in the first period, allowed two goals against one was on the power play. You might've wanted to stop from that one, but it definitely was a tough shot to stop. And the second one was a turnover <clears throat> that landed right in front of his net. And then, Of course, his own player is screening him. So just a really weird play, all things considered. So not too worried about that. And in all honesty, I'm just really happy to see Quap playing so well because I think Scott Wheeler said it. He's like, I've watched Nikita Quap have some really awful games. This is the game where I actually saw that he plays and he can play at an elite level. I thought that was a pretty good assessment of that Sweden game.
1: Good stuff. So, As Matt said, the preliminary round is actually winding down. We're about to get to the elimination games. So, or well, the, what do you even call it? Metal round? I don't, it's not really the metal round, but. It's the quarterfinals first. Yeah. So anyway, um, a couple more interesting games to watch there. I'll actually be tuning in for the rest of it. So <laughs> excited about that. Got a couple of days off where I, I can actually watch some of the World Juniors. <clears throat> But anyway, um, let's do our resolutions, then we're going to get out of here. Uh, I don't, We didn't want to keep this too, too long because I, I got to edit it and get it out as soon as possible. Um, and it is New Year's Eve. I'm going to be going to my girlfriend's friend's house and, you know, we'll see how that goes. I'm too old for parties at this juncture, but whatever. Things are going really, really well right now. Again, it's hard to poke too many holes, but Matt and I are going to come up with one resolution for the Carolina Hurricanes moving forward. Matthew Soma, I'm going to let you go first, my friend. Well,
0: thank you. Uh, I'm going to keep this short. I'm going to be honest. This is just kind of obvious, but it's the one thing I could think of. If I'm the Carolina Hurricanes this year, my New Year's resolution is for the Carolina Hurricanes to not take their foot off the gas. You're at the top of the Metro division right now. You've got a pretty cushy lead. I think it's like six points right now, if I'm not mistaken, because New Jersey won last night. But you do not want to take your foot off the gas with how much firepower is in this division. And obviously adding Max Pacioretty is going to help with that, but still you need your top guys, Aho, Svechnikov, et cetera, to continue playing like the top guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've already seen the Devils go on a crazy run to start this season, even if they've fallen off a bit lately. But, I mean, they're one of like four teams that I think could you know, in, in theory, when the division, you know, you've got the Rangers, just could get hot and carry them. You've got the Washington Capitals, Alexander Ovechkin still there. You've got the Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin are still there still playing great hockey. I mean, you know, this division can still change six points. Isn't that much with this much of the season left over half the season left as a matter of fact. So I, I think it's a good one for me, my new year's resolution I would say stop taking so many penalties, but I just I don't know if that's ever really good with the hurricane style. I just don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. You know, Um, so my New Year's resolution is going to be. Stick with the young guys, man. Yes, Barry Kokanemi, we're seeing him develop at a rapid pace. I think, I mean, again, we've seen him have kind of ups and downs. So it's, it's entirely possible that he kind of, you know, hit some another snag at some point, but you're seeing what continuing to stick with him and have faith in him, even though he has been dropped on the lineup, we're seeing him starting to come along and, and what the hurricanes envisioned him being down the road. Same goes for guys like uh, Jarvis, Seth Jarvis, Seth Jarvis, yes. really, really coming along. Tough start. The goaltending is another way I was kind of kind of going to go with this and say keep that situation fluid because I think we're seeing Auntie Ranta, but he's starting to get a, little, a few more starts. He's starting to find his game and become a valuable, valuable piece of this team. So have him in there. Um, Piotr Kochekov, when he comes back, I have little doubt that he's going to continue to play at a high level. Hope he's 100% and really ready. They're giving him all this extra time. So hopefully by the time he gets back, we really are going to see a 100% Piotr. Um, and then same you know, Frederick Anderson still, obviously he has a huge ceiling like we saw last year. Um, so if he can come back, they're going to have a really, really good goalie room. It'll be really exciting to watch. So I agree with the young guys, keep giving them chances to thrive as we've seen lately and uh, keep the goalie situation fluid. I don't know, not my favorite ones, but, but we took all the gifts last week for the Christmas presents. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, there's also no, uh, like we said earlier, there's really not much we would change about this team right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have much to complain about. Like it's, you know, stay the course, right? Like yep. <laughs> everything's going well. They found their identity really um, playing the way Rod Brennamore wants to play. And you see what happens when that happens so exactly
0: all right folks we're gonna keep this outro very short happy new year to everybody hope 2023 is a great year for you Um, unless you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, then I hope you get to see Asperi Kokaniemi lifting up the Carolina Hurricanes Stanley Cup. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. 100th episode's coming up pretty soon. I'm hoping to have some exciting stuff for that, so stay tuned, and folks, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes
1: fan. Bye!